We are live. I give you David. I'm David. I'm an alcoholic. David? I went to lunch with a guy today, and he's like, Mr. Google, he tells you things that you really want to know, but you never thought to ask, all right? And he talked about uh, human uh, fears, all right? Uh, Four, I think, is fear of animals, you know, like snakes and and, and spiders and stuff. And then there is um, uh, fear of heights. Uh, Second is death. And more than that, people think that they're more afraid of public speaking, and I certainly understand that right now. (laughs) Um, I signed something in there that says that you are offended by my talk. You can't sue the club. Um, I've tried to think about making my uh, talk politically correct. Um, You know, it's the difference between six and seven, okay? I know that sometimes I say things that might be politically marginal, okay? I just haven't... (laughs) I just haven't humbly asked to get that removed. So if you are offended, you know, go to Al-Anon. You know, it, 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 it's, it's not my business, okay? I come from a tradition that uses, um, we don't use hyperbole, just little stories, okay? And I'm going to start with that because it's important. Okay, there was this Jewish guy, Shapiro, and his friend O'Brien, and they were in jail, all right? And they had to be whipped, and the rules are you can get covered with something. And uh, O'Brien was first, and he said to the jailer, You guys are not tough, you don't have to cover me with anything, just bring it on. And they flog O'Brien, and they're whipping him, and he doesn't move, and he doesn't cry. And they cut him down, and they say to Shapiro, what do you want on your back? And he said, well, (laughs) O'Brien! It hurts to be alive. AA is my O'Brien. It's it's allows me to get through the day. Um, I don't have a lot of, like, life stories. Recently, I got in, like, a stuck spot, and I went to this therapist, and she wanted to know about my background, you know, my childhood, and I, I didn't have very many stories. And he, she said, I can tell with people that don't have a lot of juvenile stories that you were an abused kid. Um, Not my business. It's in the past. Um, I tried ACA twice. It just doesn't work for me. I find that dwelling about things that have happened in the past doesn't help me change the present. I find just 
changing my behavior, my attitudes follow. I want to give you an example. Um, and most of the time I use, let's just say, a nodding familiarity with uh, uh, reality. This one is actually more or less true. Um, <laughs> my daughter was in preschool and they had like this art uh, uh, experiment or you know, ex exhibition. And so we were going in, all right, and I was holding uh, Hannah's hand, and at the door we were uh, 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 met by Hannah's teacher, and she wanted to tell me about how you know, valuable Hannah is and what she was doing this and what she was doing that. And Hannah wanted to grab my hand to lead me to her art. And I avoided taking her hand, thinking that she was going to pull me. And I, I like, didn't uh, um, take her hand. And she felt around, and she was tall enough that she grabbed my scrotum and pulled. <laughs> and I followed her. Uh, <laughs> The point is, you know, if you just change your behavior, change your your position, you change the attitude. <laughs> Trying to understand the intellectual dimension of AA was a waste of my time and I think everybody else's. If I just allow you guys to al allow me to consider just changing my behavior, everything else changes. Um, I'm often bored about drunkologues. In fact, more am I drunk. I, it, it tells me about the differences, all right? I don't want to hear that somebody's uh, chemical of choice is Bud Light. First of all, light. That doesn't make any sense. Somebody once said they put beer in their, uh, they put ice in their beer to keep the beer cold. I, I, I don't want to hear that, you know, because it tells me how different other people were. I, I want to talk about sober a log rather than drunk a log. For me, that's more interesting and it's been my experience. It doesn't matter where people come from. Rich, poor, gay, straight. It, you know, if they just recover together, that's what what has not been done until there. Um, I want to tell you a little about how I got here. All right. Um, the first time I got high, and you guys who have had this experience, you can come up, you can uh, sing along with me. The first time I got high, I said, "Oh, honey, where have you been all my life?" Oh my God! You know, I, I I realized that I grew up 
with a reefer lack, all right? There was not enough drugs in my bloodstream. Oh, and I just, I, I thought, that's what was wrong all my life. Um, and if I got through a day, I would go home. I hated alcohol. Never liked the taste. But I couldn't smoke all the time because I would get, like, sore throat. So I went to 905, which dates me. May 15th, 1982. Uh, yeah, yeah, 30 years. Um, I bought pop-off vodka, and I threw it in the freezer, and I would chug it up to the middle of the P and the O, all right, and then I could smoke, and I wouldn't have a sore throat, but then... <laughs> I was too hyper, so I would eat a phenobarbital, and then I would wake up someplace. It's like a hot air balloon, okay? And when gravity uh, takes, you know, you're going to land on something. Um, it was it was ugly. It stayed ugly, and I had no choice but to come here. And I'm telling you that because if you're not in that position, when they pass the basket, I put my dollar in already. Take the dollar out. And I don't know what you get for a dollar, but start, all right? Desperation seems to me to be the key to staying here. Um, I just had nothing else to do. Um, I find it interesting how people change the last 30 years, but I could tell you, and there are people here that have more sobriety than I, and they can, I think, uh, confirm this. The program has changed over the last 30 years for sure. Um, I didn't ever use the fact that I used drugs in a original AA. There was often a announcement, this is an AA meeting, if you've got drugs, that's fine, but leave. If you've got emotional problems, oh, I'm serious. See a therapist, get out of here. It was, I got people that, that are more sobriety than I that are nodding, all right? That's the truth. Um, Al-Anon was talked down about around the tables. There was no such thing as, boy, this codependency is making me crazy. No one talked about Al-Anon issues in AA, or if they did, they never identified uh, that. Um, newcomers were told to shut up. Um, I was told, after 90 days, say your first name, say that you're a newcomer and that you know nothing. Now, I needed that, all right? 
things are a little more warm and fuzzy these days. And I'm not here to say one is better or worse. There is changes in the program as well as the people that go there. That's my, my deal. Um, this has not changed. AA is a spiritual horse game. If someone endures, if somebody survives, if somebody deals with shitty situations with grace, they talk about that at meetings and they show other people how they've done that. It's remarkable. I came here through school, all right? And plagiarism was a penalty. You get, like, expelled. In AA, plagiarism is encouraged. It's, it, it's what we do. We listen to one another. We try to do what other people have done that came before. Um, I've got an illustration. Smart guy, dumb guy. They work in a factory. And at lunch, the smart guy pulls out a thermos. And the dumb guy says, smart guy, what is that? And the smart guy says, well, it's a thermos. It keeps things hot, hot. And it keeps cold, liquid, cold. And the dumb guy says, well, but how does it know? <laughs> I'm getting there. I know where I, I, there's a point. The spirituality of recovery is the how does it know part. For those of you that haven't gone through the steps completely, that's the point. It's not a byproduct. It's the point. Um, I got a little sheet. Okay. Oh. My spirituality has changed a lot from when I came in. Um, and I was so resentful of AA when I first came in because you used words like God that people that were religious used. And I thought, you know, if this is anything like religion, I know that I'm not going to be comfortable. Um, it doesn't matter, I believe, what you call your higher power. Uh, I have used God. Some people use Jesus Christ. When I am angry and I can't get over it, I hit my knees and say, hey, fucker, and that works. <laughs> um, and if you're offended, you know, whatever. You know, uh, 
to get to spirituality, you work steps. And flash, stop the, the presses. You use a sponsor to work steps. People that say, you know, I read good. I'm my own sponsor. Sponsoring yourself is a little bit like making love alone. There's just something missing there. Um, it's not the same. Um, what helps me is to think about people that have used sponsorship and steps to get to where I want to be. And that's really what I want to talk about. And my examples are just my examples. And to the extent that this is not a discussion meeting, I want you to think about people that have done things with spirituality that has changed not only themselves but other people um, and I said that I'm politically incorrect and that's probably true but I am PC about this if somebody is alive I don't use their last name I'm superstitious rather than politically incorrect but that's what I do if I use somebody's last name uh, they're not around um, the first person that I'm aware that sobered up close to me was a woman named uh, Rita Schaefer. Rita was a mother of a guy that I went to college with, and she was an uh, English teacher and a gin drunk. And she was so classy. She would pass out and she had a little bell. And when she was too drunk to get up, she uh, rip, rung the little bell so you can help her uh, 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 get up so she can go upstairs and, and pass out. And when I was out there, so self-destructive, so obvious, she sobered up. And I... Just I didn't understand it. She loved me, um, and her getting sober was like a depth charge. All right, I didn't understand why she didn't drink, but if she could get sober, it put a idea in my mind and it changed the, the, my life it was a, you know it, it didn't change it for a decade 15 20 years but watching somebody get sober and die gracefully changed my life um, I want to talk about King McEe. Um, King, when they uh, built this club 
he was uh, sitting at the parking lot. Uh, he's been sober like forever. And he had a um, meeting Friday noon at WashU where he, he worked. And I would go there and then I'd go out and get high and I'd come in the next week and do the same thing. And he was so patient and so kind. And one Friday he said, no one calls me David. Oh, oh, my wife does when she's angry, but everybody else calls me. He would say, were you an alcoholic yesterday? And I said, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. He said, well, are you an alcoholic today? And I said, yeah. And he and I, I, I started to know where he was going. He said, "Are you going to be an alcoholic tomorrow?" Well, by that time he's got me too much out of the you know down the road, and I said, "All right, all right, King, I'll be an alcoholic tomorrow." He said, "If you're an alcoholic every day, try to recover every day." I was still using, but it, it, it put a real dent in my armor. And it, it, unfortunately, it still makes sense today. I don't understand people, okay, if, you're, if you drank a lot, all right, if you, if you overused, why people would come here and go to a meeting every other week, it, that, that it doesn't make any sense. All right. If you used too much, and if you want to recover, you go to meetings. It's what happens. Um, never mind. Pat Maley. I was, he was the only guy that was about my age. Uh, and he came and he had something to drink and something to write on. And I asked him about this, and he said, you know, whether people are drinking alcoholically or not, alcoholics are beverageaholics. And he always wanted to have something like this that he can drink. And he would, because all of us couldn't concentrate when we first came in, he wrote things down, and it just made sense. Everything that I know, I have learned from someone around this room. Even bad things. There was a guy sitting in Mark's uh, spot, and he would trash everybody. He was so hateful. And I came up to Jim McEe. And I said, you know that guy? I said, you know, he's really angry. And Jim looked at me and he said, Swimmer, A is not a mental health Olympics. (laughs) It expanded the way that I could look at these guys, all right? It's so true. 
Uh, it doesn't matter how we got here and how we got hurt and how bruised emotionally we are. You know, it's just not a mental health Olympics. Lewis Trotter, if there was a, a, a Mount Rushmore, you know, I don't know about Roosevelt, uh, but Lewis Trotter ought to be there. Um, he uh, attacked a, uh, a cop with a linoleum knife. Uh, uh, he was in the uh, w what he called the Mox moccasin factory for a while, uh, and he said, "It's what you act, not what you think, that causes people to throw them uh, 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 buddy." butterfly net on you. <laughs> it's not what you think. Well, I, wait, that was new news. I thought crazy people thought crazy, and I thought I better not say anything around here. <laughs> no, no, wait. It's what, if you, if you act crazy, that's the penalty. When you attack a cop with a linoleum life, that's bad. Um, he also sh showed me something else that I never realized. He said, you know, people here, they either lead by example or they're visual aids. I know most of the people here by face, and there are four, maybe five, that have been here longer than I, and we have buried a lot of people. And most of them have led by, they, they, were, they were visual aids. And people that have died gracefully, Joanne, Susan, you know, they led by example. Tory Berger, he said, there's only two things you can, uh, that are necessary to be an old timer. Uh, don't drink and don't die. <laughs> um, he would complain about how it works. He said, it's not how it works. It's why it works. I want to know how it works. The Monday before he died, he went to a meeting because he wanted to know how it works. Oh, shit. I want to be like that. Grady S., um, my sponsor emeritus, he was clinically depressed. Um, and pharmacy uh, didn't work. He um, would watch Daffy Duck cartoons and then he would go to meetings and he would work steps with me. That was what he did. You know, what balls. You know, he couldn't deal with himself but he had enough integrity that he came and sat me down and worked steps. 
And I just tried to do what he said. He said, don't worry about your mind. He said, AA doesn't take a position intellectually. He said, just just leave your mind on the just doorstep. God is in control. That's right. <laughs> You'll be next. Um, and he said, no one's going to steal your, your mind. Just come in, listen, and just say what you feel. Um, I want to tell you something that I did that made him so angry. And it taught me, I hope, a lesson that I didn't. Don't uh, that I don't forget. Hannah would listen to me, okay? And I had two guys that I sponsored named Bob. And they would call, and I'd say, "How you doing?" And one guy said, "Things are terrible. I just feel bad." And then the other Bob said. I'm all right, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm good today. And so Hannah would put her uh, hand over the phone and say, "It's bad, Bob, or good, Bob." <laughs> and I told Grady that, and he was so angry. He said, "How dare you make judgments like that? That would be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If somebody's going to change." They change by their behavior with the, uh, the help of God. How dare you make good, bad, Bob a bad Bob? There's a guy. He came in a lot, all right? And he was bald. Whether he shaved his head bald or whether he grew bald, I don't care, all right? But he had a lot of excessive skin in his head and when he came in I called him in my mind Mr. Scrotum Head I mean the top of his head never mind (laughs) and Mr. Scrotum Head asked me to work with him and I had to remind myself that he's not scrotum head. It's somebody who's God's kid that wanted to be as sober as I do. You know, I inserted my judgmentalness and it wasn't good for either of us. I want to talk about different kinds of sponsors. I gave you a whole bunch of big S sponsors. There is a lot of small S sponsors. I use computers in my work and I don't know anything about computers. And when I want to insert a new, I don't know, software or hardware or a horseshoe, something that you put in the machine, there's a thing that comes up in the monitor. It looks like a big TV. And it says, it says literally, Swimmer, you don't know how to do this. You were completely incompetent. 
if you can't take care of your toys, you shouldn't have toys. You ought to die, you shit. It's what the monitor said. And so I find people that know a little about computers and know a little more about me, and they put the software in. The, the, the monitor doesn't say that to them, all right? And I get to turn over my constant self-abuse to the care of God. Um, from that, I can attempt things that I'm not good at. Trying to always be good so I wouldn't get down on myself was a no-win situation. Um, I ride motorcycles. I'm old, fat, and slow. Not the kind of thing that you want if you're going to ride a motorcycle, but I do it. I do it badly, but I do it, thank you. You know, it's what you guys have given me. I've always wanted to be a visual artist. I am terrible at it, but it doesn't matter. I show up and I work on it. I was sitting with somebody that I really admire, and I was telling him what was going on, and I he said, well, how, how's it going? And I said, well, it's doing all right thus far. And he cut me off and he said, Swimmer, thus far is all we get. Whoa. It was something that I never realized until you guys taught me about it. God gives us not necessarily what we want, but what we need. There was a Wednesday uh, meeting, noon, in the library in Clayton. And there was a guy that I would walk over there with, Larry. Um, and I, Larry and I had the same occupation, and we were cordial. And... Uh, there was a chair, Joni. And Joni said to Larry after the uh, meeting, he said, Larry, you want a date? And Larry was out of the closet decades before I knew him. And he said, sure, who is he? And there was like a half a beat. And Joni said, swimmer, are you gay? <laughs> And I said, no, why? And so Joni fixed me up with Sullivan. You know, I have a relationship far beyond anything that I ever imagined or deserved. God has a real funny sense of humor. You know, people that were smarter, worked harder, have better oral hygiene, they're fucking dead. And, you know, I, I just don't get it. Um, 
here's what I know, what I've heard around here. Slow curing cement has a stronger foundation than quick setting concrete. And so if it takes me the rest of my life, that's fine, thank you. It's, you know, I need to be a slow learner. If I just show up at meetings and be vulnerable, you know, you guys give me everything else. I wouldn't tell you a story that would be a lie. All right? And so this is, it, it is the truth. All right? There was this dermatologist. And I know. Hey, I don't have a news story. And he was sitting there at uh, night, and he had a light on, and he's working at the, the light. And a guy came in, and he, he said, Doctor? And the dermatologist said, Can I help you, sir? And the guy said, Yes, doctor. I'm a moth. And the dermatologist said, Excuse me? And the guy said, Doctor, I'm a moth. And he flits around the room. And the dermatologist said, Sir, I haven't had psychiatry since residency, and so I'm not like a court-appointed expert, but you're crazy. (laughs) You're just, you're certifiable. Mr. Moth, what can I do with you? And the moth said, well, doctor, you left the light on. I couldn't live in my own skin guys left the light on. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. Thanks.